It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff Faulkner, on location in Ottawa, Ontario. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. It's, uh, yeah, I did make the trek up here, but... Like I was saying, I took the back roads, and it was actually a really nice fall drive. So gave me lots of time to think about fantasy football trades and moves I want to make uh, at this, that time of year, right? There's lots of moves being made. There's big trades happening already, and uh, it's kind of my favorite time of the year. Some guys are quitting on their t- season already, and some guys are uh, loading up early. So, uh, yeah, I love it, and I'm hoping to be part of it in all my leagues. Uh, other than that, though, I'm doing good. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I hear you, man. I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a busy week, but, uh, you know, for us teachers, we've got a short one this weekend. Next week, we've got a PD day happening Friday, so tomorrow's the last day. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday night this week. Tomorrow's the last day with kids this week, and then, uh, you know, it's Canadian Thanksgiving, or as we like to call it, real Thanksgiving, so uh, we've got the <laughs> holiday Monday. Uh, the only problem is we don't have NFL football all day on Monday, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's good. And like you said, man, I've uh, I've been making some moves. I've I've got one league that I've thrown some offers out and haven't really gotten uh, much conversation going. But in my other three leagues, I've made some pretty substantial moves. And, uh, you know, two of the three teams I got a win last week after making them. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully that works out, but uh, I had a I had a real heartbreaking loss. I want to get to this because it's just been grinding my nerves. I don't oh, think I even told it. you about it. It's not in our LOEG. Like you know, my team put up a good showing, but really the problem was I left a couple guys on the bench that could have uh, maybe upset the top scoring team. Kamara adds ten pounds, but no. In one of my uh, one of my OG leagues. It really came down to the wire. I made some big moves. I know I texted you about those. So I, I acquired Zeke and Amari Cooper, but this was a team where I already had Dak and C.D. Lamb. So I ended up making another switch and traded C.D. Lamb away for uh, Ridley because, you know, as much as I believe in the Cowboys, I just, that's a little, that's a little too much. Even for Dallas, that's a little too, too many Dallas players. But uh, anyways, we came down to Monday night in our matchup. And uh, the guy I'm playing against was just ahead of me, but he had Justin Herbert. And all of a sudden, he's kneeling out the clock, and he's losing .05, every time. And I'm trying to do the math. Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? I needed one more kneel down. I ended up losing... I had 139.20 and I lost. He had 139.24. So 0. 0.04 points, not even half a yard. Half a yard would have done it for me. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. But all in all, I'm feeling good. It's an exciting time of year because we're, you know, we're four weeks in. We kind of know who's who. We kind of know what's what. But there's still a lot of question marks. And that's what we're here for, Falco Maniacs. We're here to answer those questions. Uh, so welcome into the show. Thanks a lot for joining us. If you're new to the show, welcome for the first time. If you're a longtime Falcomaniac, welcome back. A reminder, folks, we are twice a week. We've got everything you need, all your waiver wires, injury, news. Two times. Yeah, two times. Uh, previews, recaps, everything you've got and more. Uh, so check us out Tuesdays and Fridays. You're listening hopefully on Friday or Saturday, so you get the news in time for the week. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. We got a big show here, buddy. Number 67. 
Number 67, we're doing the jersey swap. I know I uh, missed the Super Mario on number 66. Number 67, honestly, there were not a lot of options, but this was an opportunity for me to take a little jab at my co-host. So Ooh. I'm thinking for 67, we go oh, no. 1967, the last time your Leafs <laughs> uh, were Stanley Cup champions. We'll get a nice big Leafs jersey. I'm sure there'll be a parade this year, right? That's uh, that time of year where all the Leafs fans are planning the parade. Oh, boy. See... <laughs> The thing that really <laughs> grinds my gears, Jeff, is this is the time of year when everyone who's not a Leafs fan makes a comment that this is the time of year that Leafs fans are planning a parade. Leafs fans are never going to plan a parade. Even if we win the Stanley Cup, we all know that somehow the league's going to come back and say, oh, no, we made a mistake. You're disqualified and you don't win. Like, it, it's just not happening. But, uh, yeah, no, you're right. 1967, not a uh, not a good you know, vintage for us Leafs fans, uh, kind of the last chance of glory and darn just 20 years too early for me. Oh boy. Thanks for that. That's a good start. Yeah. Bring it up for those, (laughs) for those listening at home, this will be the last episode. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, no, what do you say here, buddy? Let's get her started with the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. Okay. So, I'll admit, I'm in this situation in uh, in one league. You're a losing team. You've got a star on your squad, but there's you know some holes you got to fill everywhere else. You need some of that flex seal, that special tape to slap on your lineup. <laughs> but uh, you know, you look at your roster and you can't understand how am I one and three or how am I zero and four? Your team should be better, but it's not. So I want to know, Jeff, what you're gonna do. Are you going to go ahead and trade away that stud player to try and get two or three good pieces? Or are you going to hang tough, hang on to that stud? Because you know those players, those Tyreek Hills, those Aaron Jones, those Ezekiel Elliott, they've won you weeks. They could win you weeks. Are you going to hang on to that and uh, try to build, you know, little by little through waivers and smaller trades? Or are you going to try to trade that big name value and get somebody to overpay for them? What are you going to do? Uh, I'm probably not making a trade where I'm not receiving best player. I, I really, I almost as a rule to try not to do that, but I will send feelers out there. If there's a group chat with the league, I'll say, you know, Tyreek's available and see what the offers are like. And if somebody blows me away, then you have to make a move. Um, really the only way I'm looking to trade a one and get two or three is if I'm in a rebuild and like a dynasty or a, a keeper league scenario. Uh, but if it's a rebuild I, I, or a, a redraft league, I, I really try not to, to trade the best player. See, no, most of the time I'm I'm on board with that. Um, I will tell you in one league this year, and I won't get into the specifics because I know uh, you know the other manager involved is listening, and he's probably not quite as happy about the deal as I am. But uh, I had a tough situation because I had a team that needed pieces. I had traded away a lot of draft picks last year, and we're doing a restart next year. So the one rule going into this year that was different was no draft picks could be traded. Everybody needs to have a full draft for the restart next year. So I was in a position with no draft picks and no ability to trade future draft picks. So I was a little thin at some positions, and I traded away you know, a top-end running back and got back in return... A, a low-end running back two, but two guys with the potential to be wide receiver ones. And so far, both of them have actually paid off quite nicely. And it's all of a sudden put my team, you know, from a potential bottom dweller to a, to a potential contender. So in that case, even though it was hard giving up that running back piece and, you know, 
knock on wood, any injury, uh, any injury concerns and I might be in trouble. Um, I made the move, I set myself up and now I'm just looking for that, uh, you know, that waiver wire pickup that I can make that might set me up for the rest of the year at RB. And I, oh man, I just love it. Cause this is the time of year, right? Everybody's thinking trades, but there's like almost unwritten rules that maybe we should do an extra episode about like trading and, you know, people get married to the idea of this guy being a stud on draft day and, you know, we're four weeks into the season right now. And if he's not a stud right now, it's time to, you know, not get married, like maybe split up or maybe move on and get some value when you can. I mean, people that, you know, get married to these guys at draft day and think they're going to ride them up for the season. You know, the values change so fast in fantasy football. It's like by the day sometimes. I just, I think people need to be more willing to, to flip their value and flip their mindset on certain players and, and make moves if, if guys aren't performing. It's just so hard. You have something special and you just want to hold on to it forever. You right? don't want to give up a hope, but uh, you're right. Sometimes you just got to know, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? Isn't that song about fantasy football? I think it is. Yeah, we should actually do that remix. I like that. I, I'm on it. It'll be ready for next week. Anyways, big fella, lots of games. This is is this the last week without any bye weeks? We're uh, we've been spoiled here. It's going so fast. But it's, um, fast. it's coming at you even quicker. We've got a we've got a matchup tomorrow night, Thursday night. Uh, before you're listening, and uh, apologies, folks. We did make a mistake on the Tuesday show. It was so hectic. I realized after we forgot to preview the. Uh, preview the big matchup between the Seahawks and the Rams, but uh, it's coming at you fast this week. We got an early one. Let's get to the NFL preview. Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game. NFL previews. All right, well, you said we got an early one, and we're talking about full day of football here. Uh, You know, actually, Kyle, before we even get into the NFL game previews, I keep forgetting to bring this up on the podcast, and I I don't want to do it. Let's talk about the Super Bowl halftime show before we forget oh. once again. I am so fucking excited for this show. It's like I booked it myself. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything you're hoping to see, but I'm sure you're excited. I know I am. I think it's just going to be great. I think that, uh, you know, so if, if you haven't seen the lineup yet, it is pretty spectacular. It's like it's just like a who's who of of uh you know classic hip-hop and then uh kendrick lamar on top so what do we have we have snoop dogg eminem dr dre mary j blige and kendrick lamar is that the is that the full lineup that's it for like a 20 minute show oh my gosh it's better than the game i i was gonna say i kind of wish it was an hour like can we just extend the super bowl by 40 minutes and just have an hour concert right in the middle like that wouldn't upset me whatsoever well, I know another note. I've been watching this Peyton cast, or the, sorry, the Manning cast of the Monday Night Football game, and it's it, it's kind it's of the like, Peyton cast. You know, it's the Peyton cast. Let's be honest. Yeah, it really is. You're right. <laughs> but I would, I'd be down with you know Snoop and Dre and Eminem doing that for the whole Super Bowl. I'd watch that feed for sure. I mean that, and then you know they go out there. For, that would be a cool show. Anyways, I'm super excited for that game, uh, even before knowing who's playing in it, just because of that halftime show. I love it, man. Um, let's. Yeah. Let. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the. We got, like we said, man, a full slate of football. It's starting at 9:30 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. We got a game over in London, over across the pond. I don't know if the NFL sent the best teams to represent their product, but we got the Jets at the Falcons. Both teams are one and three. Uh, you know, the Jets are coming off a big win, uh, and the Falcons are they're doing all right, but they're not doing great. Um, they're three and a half point favorites at home on the road in London. I don't know how that works. It's a 46 and a half point over under. 
Uh, yeah, I'm basically recommending sleep in for this one. I don't know what to expect from this. I mean, yeah, Zach Wilson, you know, they were talking about how he looked better with Crowder there. And, you know, Corey Davis opened up and the running game is kind of starting to show things with Michael Carter. But I, I think that has to do with the Tennessee Titans defense more than, than the Jets. And uh, the Falcons, I mean, they're showing signs of life, but it's been the Cordero Patterson show, and especially in the red zone. And I just don't think it's sustainable. I know, I, I know you're, you have them. You're, you're in a roster. You're, you're going to start them this week, and you're excited about them. I just, I can't get excited about them. So I'll continue to be wrong if, if he continues to perform, but I'm not excited. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As far as this game and game flow, the Jets pulled off the big win last week, and Atlanta is not good. So this could either be like an amazingly fun football game, or it could be like super gross and not fun at all. But Either way, there's going to be some fantasy relevance with Calvin Ridley for sure. I'm good with starting Matt Ryan. Um, I'm moving Mikhail Pitts to a maybe right now because I know he got nine targets last week. Uh, yeah, I see you move Cordero Patterson <laughs> up to the yeses. Uh, that's well played. Uh, played. You can do that. I will, again, once or not, again, I will not do that. But I did move Pitts from a yes to a maybe just because uh, I've been pretty underwhelmed so far. Um, Jameson Crowder's is a maybe with a probable, and uh, Corey Davis is a maybe for me as well. I'm taking the Falcons uh, at home on the road at, at home. Yeah, I moved Patterson up to the yeses and uh, partly partly tongue in cheek because uh, we, you know, I mentioned on Tuesday in the league that I have him, um, he was on my bench this past week. I've started him. I picked him up after week one. I've started him one out of three potential weeks, and uh, I thought very long and hard about starting him last week and just wanted to see. Now, the snap counts aren't great. He's only on the field like a quarter of the time, but when he's on the field, they are going with him all the time. So I don't know if this is like a load management thing or what, but the Falcons are doing something special. He's an explosive athlete. He's one of the best kick returners regardless of his you know his past ups and downs as a receiver and as a running back with Minnesota and Chicago he has been an electric kick returner and they're figuring out how to get the ball in his hands in open field uh, so he's a yes for me and one of those other guys I do want to talk about Jamison Crowder because people might not be watching um, but he's back now he was on the COVID list he was on the IR with a I believe a groin injury He's back, and he was just peppered with targets right away. His first game back, he was instantly the lead receiver, put up, I think, 15 fantasy points in half PPR. Um, and this guy is just, he's just a good receiver. He's a great, like Braxton Berrios was doing work for Zach Wilson, and now a real NFL receiver is there to do work. Uh, so going against this Atlanta secondary, uh, Crowder for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, if you need a flex position or a wide receiver three, he is an easy yes for me and might be available. So go out and give it a look. One and thing got, I'll say about Corder yeah. is, you know, you're saying the Falcons have figured it out. I think defenses are going to start figuring it out too. Like he's only on the field 25% of the time and then he's getting the ball every time he's on the field. So that might change and that actually might open things up for Ridley and Pitts. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's another element to the offense. We'll see. Yep, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping he does something. I got the Falcons, too. So up next on our slate, we have the Saints at 2-2. Two and two, The New Orleans Saints taking on the Washington football team at 2-2. Two and two. Saints are two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's a low-scoring 44-and-a-half-point over-under. Uh, that Saints defense that, you know, obviously looked amazing in week one against uh, Green Bay. They've come down a little bit, but overall in the league, they're still fifth in points allowed and second in terms of rushing D. Um, so behind, uh, 
I believe the Bucks are still number one, but uh, it's it's getting closer. Uh, the Washington football team, though, their defense is what we thought was going to be their biggest strength, and it has been very ineffective this year. Bottom five in yardage, bottom five in points allowed, bottom five in passing defense. So this this isn't going to be uh, this isn't going to be the tightest battle, I don't think. It's going to be tough to run the ball against the Saints. Um, interesting to note, Antonio Gibson and Curtis Samuel both do not, did not participate at practice today, um, and McKissick was limited for Washington. Now, Samuel, I understand, he just came off of IR. He's been dealing with this injury for a few months. They're probably just managing it. But, you know, keep an eye on Gibson because we saw him uh, last week, you know, suffering from a shin injury, I believe, and didn't practice, was limited. Um I think finished with an okay stat line because of one long reception, but otherwise he did not really look that great. So if that's still bothering him, that's something to keep an eye on um, against that Saints run defense. Uh, if if he's healthy, though, it's going to be tough not to roll him out there. So you got him in the yeses, Alvin Kamara. You know, you got to roll out Kamara just, just for the the big, uh, what he did on Christmas Eve last year, right? Six touchdowns. It, it can come anytime. <laughs> And Scary Terry is a for sure. Uh, he's shown it and shown it and shown it. He's a for sure. doesn't matter who's covering him. doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. On the maybes, though, uh, I've got Samuel. He wasn't very involved in his first week back the way that Crowder was in New York. But, uh, you know, he's getting comfortable. If he's still healthy, he's a big playmaker. Um, this could be a game where we see a lot of uh, McKissick going out wide. So he might be worth a flyer, but in the maybes for me are the three quarterbacks. So what do you think? I'm going to give you all three here. Uh, three? We've got Yeah, we've got, oh, of course, buddy. We've got Taylor Heineke. We've got Jameis Winston. And then the real quarterback one, the top scoring quarterback last week, Taysom Hill. What do you think here, buddy? I like Heineke out of the three of them. I know it's not pretty, but the guy's putting up fantasy points and he's you know forcing it to Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin's coming down with it. So, um yeah, just because of Jason or Jason Taysom and Jameis, just because they both exist on the same team, I really again here we are. We, I really don't trust either one of them, and uh, I'm sure one will have a great game and the other won't, and I just don't know who it's going to be. Who do you like in this one, buddy? I'm taking the Saints. I think uh, Sean Ooh. Payton will scheme up enough to to confuse Heineke and make him make a bad decision. Too, and I'm just it, until the Washington football team shows me, I'm not gonna. Anytime it's a competent coach that can put together a game plan, I'm not gonna go with them. I want them to win, but I don't think they will. I'm taking the Saints. Well, you know what? I'm going the other way. I'm going with Riverboat Ron. The two and two Saints are gonna go to two and three. The football team's gonna get it done. I like it. Well, that's one we may, uh, you know, have to Ooh. see. It. We, got, we got to add up the uh, standings and see where we're at after five weeks here. Uh, this next game actually is going to be a lot more fun than I bet schedule makers thought it was going to be when they put the, the schedule together. But we got the first place three and one Green Bay Packers and the three and one first place Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Packers are three and a half point favorite with a 49 and a half point over under. This is going to be a fun game, man. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Bengals' offense is good, uh, and they had a nice comeback last week against a generational talent at quarterback, and they have a chance to do it again this week. I do not think they will against Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers are rolling after that you know, ugly week one loss to the Saints. Um, I'm really excited to see what Joe Burrow can do and watch Aaron Rodgers and him go to head-to-head. I'm hoping this is a shootout, and they crush that 49.5 point over-under. 
And, uh, yeah, I'm taking for sure. We're starting A-Rod. We're starting Devontae Adams. We're starting Aaron Jones. I'm definitely starting Burrow. And I'm thinking Jamar Chase is the WR1 there. Uh, so I'm starting him with confidence. Um, I know Higgins could be back this week. So he's like a, you know, probably maybe. Same with Tyler Boyd, just the way they sling it there. And uh, Randall Cobb is a maybe for me as well. Um, I didn't write down the running backs because we don't know about Mixon. And if Mixon is out, um, P. Ryan, I still, I just don't, I don't trust him. So, I mean, you saw it was reflected with my waiver bid for him in our league. I didn't put a lot of money into him. And I could be wrong, but uh, I just don't trust him this week. So I wouldn't start him. How about you? Yeah, I'd be tempted to just if Mixon's if Mixon's in, obviously you're not putting P Ryan in, um, and you're probably gonna roll Mixon out and hope that he uh, stays healthy and on the field. But if he's out, it's it's gonna be just that big workload, and uh, Samaj P Ryan can catch the ball as well, um, so he's gonna be in there pass protecting, but he's also gonna be in there as a quick safety valve. Um, you know, the Packers D, it's it's been up and down, but uh, one thing that they can do is bring the pressure. Um, and obviously Burrow is a guy who's going to get the ball out quick. So he could be, he could be that guy. Um, real quick, I, uh, note too, sorry about the Packers D is they just added Jalen Smith, who was cut by the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They, it sounds like he's signing green Bay. So I don't know if he will be playing Sunday, but they're getting reinforcements after losing some guys. Yeah. Two huge moves. Jalen Smith went to, uh, the Packers and then, uh, Stefan Gilmore sounded like he was going to be cut by the Patriots. And then they ended up trading him to, uh, Carolina. So it's amazing. Couple, two couple of big cornerbacks, shifts. corner, two cornerbacks to Carolina within the week. Like yeah. Stud cornerbacks. And they were all, they were already right up at the league leaders in defense. They're, they're getting ready for something, which also yeah. signifies something else to me for CMC owners that uh, they think he's going to be back and ready to go right away here. So big things happening, big things happening in Carolina. I like it, but we're not talking about Carolina for heaven's sakes. We're talking about Wisconsin and I got the cheese heads. I got the Packers taking this one. All right, up next, woo, two of the most storied franchises. That's a nice way of putting it, and uh, it's a bit of a sad story. It has a sad ending for both of them when it comes to uh, championships. But we got the 0-4 Detroit Lions taking on the 1-3 Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings are big favorites. I don't know if a 1-3 team has ever been 8-point favorites in a game, but uh, here we are, 49.5-point over-under. <laughs> I I almost uh, I gave a little tease to one of our future segments. I called this matchup a couple of real Munsons. Um, like it. It's surprising because of the trajectory these teams have been on. Right, the Lions have kind of just been going down, 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 and at the same time, it feels like the Vikings have actually been rising. Um, you know, they've been in contention over the last few years. They've done good things since Kirk Cousins came. And Cook's been a stud, and Thielen's been a stud, and now Jefferson's been a stud. But here we are. They're only one win ahead of the Lions. Um, they are Both teams are really struggling against the pass. We, I think that's just why we see the high over-under, not because of the real belief in the teams. But we could see, uh, we could see some, some, a little bit of air attack, but the ground game is where both teams, they couldn't stop you or me, I don't think. Um, at the end of the day, though, you look at the rosters, the Vikings have the studs. They've got Dalvin Cook. They've got, you know, Kirk Cousins, other than last week, has been playing lights out. Um, Thielen has still got some gas in the tank, and Jefferson's one of the up-and-coming stars in the league. I like those guys uh, and their chance to go off this week. 
Um, and there's a lot of bounce back candidates in this game. If you have any of these guys on your roster, like we talked about them on Tuesday with the uh, with the fancy bus, but you know Hawkinson, Swift, Cook, Thielen, Cousins, all of those guys let you down. I like the chance for them to bounce back this week. So the yeses for me, Dalvin Cook, absolutely put him in there. I know he's a little hampered by the ankle, and definitely keep an eye on it. Um, maybe be ready. See if see if Alexander Madison was dropped in your league. If you're a Cook owner, it's a good time to see if he got dropped when waivers ran this week. Um, but uh, scoop him up if you can. But Adam Thielen, I like for a bounce back against this Detroit defense. Justin Jefferson, he feels like he's been good, but not amazing and he's just one of these you know three touchdown games are going to come along here for him and uh on the detroit side it's the same two every week for me uh deandre swift and and uh tj hawkinson but there's a lot of maybes there's some guys you can maybe swing around to we've got Kirk cousins who like i said before last week he was the top five quarterback in fantasy um i like his chance to get back there this week for sure throw a couple tds um jamal williams again check on the health but um you know he was heavily involved the first couple of weeks and uh i don't know if you're desperate maybe but he's kind of a wait and see for me i don't know how you feel about jamal williams yeah it's it's gonna be i'm not 100 percent sure what to think there actually um probably sitting i wouldn't start him yet i would wait and see yeah um, we've got Tyler Conklin, who had the big game two weeks ago and was a massive waiver wire pickup. Uh, you know, we kind of recommended not going overboard and chasing points. And uh, if you did do that, sorry, because he let you down this past week. But he could still be in line for some targets. And basically, for me, I don't know if Conklin or um, or Kate or uh, Osborne are gonna is gonna be the number three receiver. If it's one of them over the other, you know, we saw Osborne have the two big weeks, but then two kind of duds after that. So I'm not sure where he stands. Um, really, other than Cousins, the only name that actually made me pause when I was putting it in was uh, Khalif Raymond. We talked about him in Detroit. You know, they're just hurting for pass catchers, and he's shown up in a big way. Two touchdowns this past week, uh, turning into a trusted target for Jared Goff. So. I don't think he's start worthy, but uh, see if he's out there. See if he went through waivers without getting claimed and you can make a free agent pickup and it might just be, uh, you know, a name to throw on the bench and see what happens this week. But, uh, you know, those poor Lions, poor Tyler, they're 0-4 and I think they're going 0-5 after this week. I got the Vikings. Yeah, I do as well. And just to be clear, I got confused when you asked me about Williams. I was confusing him with the receiver for some reason. Yeah, Jamal Williams, I don't like game strip. Uh, this week at all. I think the Vikings are going to come out angry and look to make a point. I don't think the Lions are going to get many scoring opportunities at all. And if they do, it'll be, you know, maybe Swift or Hawk. I don't like Williams this week at all. And uh, Quintez Cephas is another guy in that Detroit pass game. He always makes plays every time I watch them. I don't watch them very often, but I always see him making a play. <laughs> so he's a kind of a deep sleeper you can take a chance on as well. Uh, I notice you made me talk about this game. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not excited. I don't even want to watch this. I don't want this game to happen. I don't know what I want to see. So first of all, it's the 3-1 and one Broncos playing the 1-3 and three Steelers. The Steelers are somehow two-and-a-half-point favorites at home and at 40.5 over under. <laughs> I just don't know, what I, I don't know what I want to see here. I mean, we're, we're not sure if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to play. He's in the concussion protocol right now. And as a Steeler fan, I don't know if I want him to play or not. If he does play, then you've got to face a tougher quarterback. And if he doesn't play, there's the chance we lose to Drew Locke. And then it's like full panic mode in Pittsburgh if we go to 1-4 against Drew Locke. 
Um, the Steelers' offense is broken, and so is Big Ben. Like every time I turn on my phone, it's a new update. Ben's dealing with a pec injury. Ben's got a shoulder injury. Ben's got a knee injury. Ben is breaking down, and it's breaking my heart. Um, I've read articles online saying is it time to bench Big Ben, Eli Manning at the end of his run with the Giants. We don't have the kid uh, that is behind him right now. I don't. I hope I'm wrong about all this, but I'm just the eye test has not been passed for Big Ben, and I'm very worried. Denver D is no joke, and uh, it could be a long day for the offense. As far as fantasy goes, I'm starting Deontay. I think he's going to get 600 targets, and the other 300 targets are going to go to Najee Harris, so I'm starting both of those guys. Everybody else is a maybe for me in this one. I know Claypool is back at practice. I don't know if he's going to be able to go for the game. He's a maybe. Juju, he got open last week. He could have had a big game, but Big Ben missed the throw, so I, I don't trust the passing game. He's a maybe. Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams. I mean, the Steelers' run D is still pretty stout so i don't really trust either one of them and if it's drew lock the receivers sutton patrick and fant i really don't trust either one of those guys as well so they're all maybes for me unless i have better options i really want to pick the steelers <laughs> i really want to pick the steelers um go ahead and pick the broncos oh my heart um yeah i'm with you man it's it's been tough and now you know news this week came from uh not from the medical team but mike tomlin you know midweek saying oh now ben has a hip injury that's that's the problem um and uh you know it's got to be something i guess so uh we'll see what happens here um the only guy that for me i would maybe bump up to the yes um even with drew lock whether it's lock or bridgewater at quarterback is noah fant um, you know, he was targeted before Teddy exited and afterwards. I think that the other guys, it's hit or miss, but I, I do think that with him, um, even with Locke under center, you know, the ball's got to go somewhere and Fant's turning into what we thought he was going to be a big, reliable target. Um, he hasn't really shown in much of the, the breakneck speed and the, and the breakaway playmaking, but, uh, I think he's going to see enough volume to be relevant. Uh, it's hard to say, but I picked the I'm Steelers. I'm no, no, too changing. late. No backsies. No backsies. No, no, I no picked backsies. the Steelers, but with a question mark at the end. So I'm taking the Steelers in this one. I can't do it. I can't read. Oh man! And your your point your point about fan is correct. He should probably be a yes. Just you know, solely on the the fact that there's not a lot of their tight ends, right? You got the big guys, and then after that, it's it's tough sledding. So yeah, fan is probably a yes for sure. Dude. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I don't know which of these teams is feeling worse about themselves coming into this matchup. So we've got the Titans. The Titans are two and two, but they just lost to the New York J E T S. But on the other side, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars who had to sit down their coach like he was an 18-year-old boy who came in after curfew and give him a stern talking to about his responsible decision making. So like bad. holy it's moly, so man. I don't know which I don't know which team has more to prove or which team is more likely to quit in this one. But uh, anyways, the Titans are three and a half point favorites and it's a forty-eight point over under. Um yeah, it's it's really shocking me what we're getting with the Tennessee Titans this year. Like you've already got one like they were one of the best uh operating offenses at least for fantasy last year with the big 3 with Tannehill, AJ Brown and Derrick Henry and then, you know, tell me in the preseason, oh, Julio Jones is going there. Holy moly. 
but uh, they haven't really been, uh, you know, having much success. Uh, now, granted, in week four, we talked about both of the big receivers were out. They weren't active for that game. And uh, Derrick Henry certainly doing Derrick Henry things. But, uh, you know, a lot of it comes down to Ryan Tannehill just not looking as good. The O-line not looking um, as good in the pass protection. I don't think it's time to, uh, you know, wave the white flag if you're a, if you're a manager with with AJ Brown or with Julio Jones, but it's definitely not what you thought you were getting. Um, this is going to be a big one for running the ball, though. The Jaguars are not going to be able to stop Derrick Henry whatsoever. Um, I don't know, man. This is I'm I'm going to tune in to see what happens, and I've got Henry in a league, so I'll probably check in to see. You know, is it five touchdowns? Is it six touchdowns? Does he break the record with seven touchdowns? But uh, yeah, it's this one's not going to hold my attention too much. Um, for sure, Henry, you're going with James Robinson. For me, is a is an absolute every week start. He's shown you know all year last year he was great, and then at the start of this year, what's going on? What's going on? Well, now they're using him the way that they should be, and the last two weeks have been fantastic. So until further notice, he's rolling out in any lineup. I've got him in for sure, and I think he should be for you as well if you've got him. Um, but what about those Jags receivers, LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones? Like we talked about, uh, Chark is done for the year. Um, but what about those two guys? Just because the Titans pass defense has struggled and it's going to be garbage time, like six minutes into the game. What do you think on those two? Yep. Start them both. Start them both. LaVisca. I love LaVisca. He had his breakout game last week and I think it's going to continue the rest of the season. You see a rapport with him and Lawrence and it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, for the record, I'm the one who loves LaVisca. You love Chark, but I'll let you jump on the bandwagon since your guy uh, you know, is done. I drafted LaVisca last year. <laughs> yeah, and I bet my sandwich on him, so where are you at? Put your sandwich where your mouth is, or my mouth, I guess, rather. Um, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, if either one or both are healthy, you got to roll them out, right? Yeah. Okay. Julio um, is like, uh, I mean, you probably don't have a better option. So, yes, A.J. Brown, no doubt about it. Julio is is a probably, yes, definitely. Yeah, well, he's he's been the only one who's had a big game between the two of them so far this year, right? Yeah, and I like, I just love the talent. He just has to stay on the field and stay healthy and yeah. they'll figure but, it out. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence, not for me. Um, you know, big future ahead of him, but uh, not so far in the rookie season. Um what about uh, Tannehill? Like, we got a little bit. We're getting there, but it's it's not been what you drafted him to be. Um, do you do you take the chance against this bad defense, or are you too afraid that it's going to be run, 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 run? Uh, well, I think um, I'm happy starting either one of these quarterbacks. Like, let's say you had to choose between Lawrence and Tannehill right now. Which one would you? I would go with either one in a two quarterback lead. I'd be happy starting either one just because of the defense they're playing this week. But you don't seem as competent in them as I am. So if you had to choose one of the two to be your quarterback two this week, which one would you go with? Um, it depends for me what's going on with the Titans receivers. If one of those guys is in, I'm going Tannehill for sure um, because he's that is an upgrade. I think he's he's shown more over the last two seasons. Um, obviously Lawrence wasn't there for the last two seasons, but I mean, he's shown more than he's doing now. He's shown the ability to be a top end quarterback and, uh, he's passing to Derrick Henry more this year and also to Jeremy McNichols. Uh, he had, I think I saw he had 12 targets last week, McNichols. 
um, out of the backfield. Uh, so just the touchdown upside is there, but uh, I guess you're right. Like if you're in a two quarterback league and you want to roll with Lawrence and just, you know, collect those garbage time yards, it, it could happen for sure. Um, so yeah. Anyways, I don't think the Jags are getting a win here. I think the Titans are going to bounce back. They're going to be mad about that Jets loss and they're, uh, they're going to try to, you know, put a steamroller with number 22 right over top of the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm taking the Titans as well. I think the steamroller is also going to include trying to get the passing game going, though. I think they're going to make a point to, if, if those guys are back to figure this out. So uh, I'm terrified, though. You know, I'm in a matchup in our, our League of Note where you know, I'm in the rebuild here, but I'm slowly creeping into relevancy, and I'm happy to face King Henry this week. And I'm just terrified that he's going to beat me by himself because I've seen what he's done to these Jaguars the last three years. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking the t- Titans by 600 points in that one. Um <laughs> This next game is going to be more fun than I would have considered, to be honest. I, at the start of the year, before the season started, I thought both teams were very meh, and uh, I've been impressed and surprised by both of them. So we got the Eagles at the Panthers. The Panthers are three and a half point favorites, um, with a forty-four and a half point over/under. Um, yeah, I've been surprised by the Philly offense and Jalen Hurts. He's been better than I expected, and I've been very surprised by the Panthers' defense and their ability to rush the passer with all kinds of different players, bringing in different packages. You know, now, now they're adding Stephon Gilmore. I think they're going to be a problem for a lot of teams down the stretch. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Hurts can do, though. He's uh, kind of running wild. He's making plays, and he's, um, he's scoring points. So fantasy-wise, you have to start him. I'm definitely starting DJ Moore in this one, and I'm definitely starting Sam Darnold, who is leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns right now, speaking of sandwich bets. <laughs> I can't believe that he – I'm saying That's those words, but yes. Bet, though. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's crazy. Sam Darnold, though, I mean, this is the guy, the bet, right? This You got head-to-head for your, your bet in this game. That's pretty sweet, actually. I didn't uh, put that together until right now. So um, how are you feeling going into this one? Who, who do you like? I'm taking the Panthers for sure, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about Hurts. And uh, like I said, DJ Moore and Sam Darnold. And the maybes are Chuba Hubbard, Gainwell slash Sanders. I can't even believe that I put Gainwell before that, but he is just they're, – they're scheming for him. They're making plays for him. They're giving him touches. They're designing plays for him. I like him. And uh, I'm probably not starting Roby Anderson. I can believe you put Gainwell before because he's been better. He's been better than Sanders, and they're giving him touches in the red zone, and he's scoring touchdowns, and they're giving him targets. Like, it's a it's a timeshare, and so far he's outperforming. Um, yeah, so you mentioned the sandwich bet that I had with one of our uh, League of Note managers, and uh, I was very specific with him, and he's a big Eagles fan. I was very specific with him that it had to be most passing touchdowns between Hertz and Darnold, um, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking Hertz is going to be running the ball in, and Darnold's going to be, you know, dumping it off two yards to CMC, who runs it in for a passing touchdown. But uh, yeah, it's funny. He's uh, he's actually been doing kind of the opposite. Now, I'll tell you, in my Dynasty League, and this this may change on Sunday morning, but I have Jalen Hurts has been my starting quarterback the first four weeks of my Dynasty League. And on the bench was Sam Darnold. And I, this morning, made the switch. I went to Darnold. I took Hurts out of the game against the Panthers' D, and I put Darnold in. I'm just worried that uh, Carolina's going to be stifling him too much. He's not going to be able to, to, to break contain and get outside. And uh, I like what Darnold's shown so far. He's been good punching the ball in with his feet, but he's been good throwing it too. And uh, yeah, I, I've got some confidence. He's at, he's away from Adam Gase, so of course he's a he's a natural legend now, right? But uh, yeah, I got That's the Panthers it. taking this one down for sure. 
Oh boy, Tom Brady going up against one of his old division rivals. We got the Dolphins at one and three going at the Buccaneers at three and one, and uh, not not as close of a game as some of these other ones. Buccaneers are ten and a half point favorites and only a forty-seven and a half point over under. Um, Tampa Bay has been one of the top offensive teams in the league this year um right up at the top of every single category except for rushing yards they're actually right near the bottom of the league in rushing yards per game uh but their defense has been absolutely top notch everywhere except for the passing game they can get passed all over um so the only thing with them that i really struggle with is you're going to start their defense you're going to start all their studs the trick is predicting which of these guys is going to have a big day, right? Is it going to be Evans? Is it going to be Godwin? Is it going to be, um, you know, is Leonard Fournette going to all of a sudden catch a bunch? Is it going to be OJ Howard? Is it going to be Antonio Brown? You never know, but you got to roll them out there. You got to uh, get a piece of this offense. I know they disappointed last week in the rain at New England. Believe me, I called Tom Brady my Rambo. I was more disappointed than anybody in what was happening. But uh, this is not going to be the way that that went down. The Dolphins have taken a huge step back this year. I'm I'm not happy because I like when the Miami Dolphins are a good team. I think it's cool. I know it doesn't happen very much, but uh, I don't know what they're doing anymore. I don't think they know what they're doing anymore. Um, it's a mess, man. Anyways, uh, you know, all those Bucks guys I talked about, the three big receivers, Brady for sure, uh, the defense, and uh, on the Miami side of the ball, the only guy that really popped into my mind was Mike Gusecki because since Jacoby Brissett took over at quarterback, he's got 13 and 14 yes. fantasy points. He's just getting exactly what, uh, you know, what you hoped for. On the maybe list, um, you know, O.J. Howard, maybe Jalen Waddle, maybe uh, Devontae Parker. He, uh, you know, he had a touchdown called back last week and then scored one. Uh, Brissett, I put him on the list, but I don't think so. The name I want to ask you about, Jeff, is Miles Gaskin. Um, I'm not playing him in our, in our league of note, but I have another league where I've got him and, and I'm in a position where I might be kind of stuck putting him in my lineup. The usage was terrible last week. Two carries for three yards, and I think they were both at the start of the game. What do you do with Miles Gaskin? Well, I think I told you what I would do with Miles Gaskin before the season. I was not, <laughs> pardon me, I was not as fan of his uh, like you were. Um, and right now, I'd be tempted to drop it. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't. I'd just put him on my bench. I'm not starting him this week for sure. The Bucks D is too good uh, against the run, so I'm not starting him this week. Uh, he's got to prove it to me before he's going to roll on my team, even in a flex position. Uh, you mentioned earlier there are bye weeks coming up, so yeah, maybe I know I jumped the gun by saying dropping him. You want to hold on to a guy like him to fill in for bye weeks, but that's kind of what he is for me right now as a bye week filler, not even a trustworthy flex. Yeah, I just don't get it, man. Like he he started off the year not getting the workload, and then slowly a little more, slowly a little more, little more, and then after week three. You know, he showed up, he got some more touches, still not a huge workload, but got some more touches, looked good with them. Every analyst out there, everyone on NFL Network and ESPN and TSN, everything they're saying, oh, yep, it's time to go. Miles Gaskin's going to rise back up just like James Robinson. Well, Robinson went up and, uh, you know, Gaskin went to step on the elevator and it wasn't there. He just fell straight down the chute to the basement. So, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Anyways, I don't think the Dolphins are going to take this one. I think Tom Brady's... Tom Brady was a little lucky to get the win last week, but uh, there won't be any luck involved this time. They're going to get it done. I think they cover the spread, too. 
Well, it's interesting you said that because I am a little curious to see what the NFL does after seeing how Belichick played against Brady. I know that the, on the telecast they were talking about how uh, the defense was, you know, hiding coverages and hiding what uh, who was blitzing and whatever at the line of scrimmage and kind of dropping out. And I'm interested to see if their NFL teams take note and say, oh, that's how the GOAT would do it against his boy. Maybe we should try different things. So I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, slowed down and he's not going to be Tom Brady anymore. I'm just kind of, that's a mild storyline I'm following since that game. Um, since speaking of the Patriots, they're one and three and they're placing against the one and three Texans. Uh, the Patriots are big nine and a half point favorites on the road with a 39 and a half point over under in this game. And we talked about it on Tuesday. Mac Jones was really impressive. He did everything he could. Uh, he was a doink away from coming up with a huge upset win against the Super Bowl champs. And the Texans are very bad at every phase of football. Um, so I'm not going to spend much time talking about this one. We got uh, the yeses. That's D is my number one yes in this matchup. I'm taking the Patriots D for sure. Uh, the Texans offense with Davis Mills are coming off putrid performances in back-to-back -back weeks. They're going to turn the ball over. Pats could probably will probably score a touchdown on defense. Uh, so I'm starting them for sure, and I think uh, Harris, the running back in New England, I've got a feeling about. Pardon me, I've got a feeling about him this week as well. So I'm starting him. Uh, my maybes are Brandon Cooks, uh, you know, the former Patriot. They they know him very well. I can see them phasing him out of the equation. Mac Jones is a maybe if you're desperate at quarterback for a quarterback two this week. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Kedrick Bourne, they're maybes for me as well. But uh, I'm not really excited about any of the offensive players in this game. Yeah, and to be honest with you, man, I don't think Damian Harris is a for sure for me anymore. Um, you know, James White is out, and we saw kind of the emergence of Brandon Bolden, who's been on the team for a long time, has Belichick's trust, big special teams uh, contributor. Um, I, If I had to start a Patriots running back, I think I'd be putting Brandon Bolden uh, in my flex spot instead of Harris. But, uh, yeah, the Patriots are going to win this one. Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. All right, let's get to some real powerhouse football. Enough of this talk. Uh, we got the Cleveland Browns taking on the L.A. Chargers. A couple of 3-1 and one teams going at it, and it is a coin toss. The Chargers are half-point favorites, and it's a 49.5-point over-under. This game's got it all. The Cleveland team looks legit. You look at their stats. Their defense is second in yards allowed, fourth in points allowed, and third in both rushing and passing defense. They are just shutting people down all over the place. Their offense is kind of, you know, middle of the road, except in rushing. They are the best rushing team in the league right now. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, the Chargers are no slouches either. Um, their offense is top 10 in yards, top 10 in points. Uh, their defense is top 10 in those categories in passing. Uh, but one of the worst rushing defenses. So we've got one of the worst rushing defenses taking on the best rushing team in the league. It's a good week to start Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, both of those guys, you know, have the chance. Obviously, Kareem Hunt, massive week last week. I heard lots of Chubb owners complaining about how much work he was getting. I think either one of those guys is a massive, massive start this week. Austin Eckler, for sure. You know, he has shown himself to be uh, everything we wanted and more. He's a smaller guy, but he can he can get those tough yards for you. Um, Mike Williams let you down a little bit, but I'd go right back to him just from what we saw off the first three weeks. Keenan Allen, for sure. He's, uh, you know, a super elite, uh, receiving talent in the league. And I think Justin Herbert, I think that he's at that point already in his young career where in these big matchups, you know, I'm not saying he's the same as Josh Allen or the same as Mahomes, but he just has shown he can move the ball down the field. He can get it done in the red zone. Um, he can protect the ball. 
even against a tough defense. And uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna have to move the ball quick because I think Cleveland's gonna be just burning clock here with their running game. And uh, when the Chargers get their chances, they're gonna have to go after them. So I like him for sure this week. On the maybe list, Odell Beckham, he's a maybe, and for me, honestly, I'm kind of leaning towards a no. I just haven't seen it. Uh, that connection is just not there, and uh, he's he's a shadow of what he was uh, in the past. Baker Mayfield, I don't think so, just because of how heavy the run game is going to be. And uh, for me, really, the one consideration would be Jared Cook. Um, I did drop him in a couple of leagues before last week's big game. He had 87 yards, I believe, in a touchdown. Uh, he had been getting targets, but just, you know, it was all Williams and then Keenan Allen. But uh, last week he kind of broke out a little bit. So if you're looking for a tight end streamer, see if Cook's on your waiver wire. This was a tough one to pick, man, but I I think that the Browns are going to get it done. I think that it's going to be close. I think that they're just going to control the ball. I think they're just going to slow the game down and and try to keep uh, try to keep Herbert and Co off field. And uh, I think the two running backs they have are good enough to do it. Yeah, I, this is probably my favorite game of the week. Uh, I'm actually taking the Chargers in this. Um, but just because I think Herbert's playing better than Baker. Um, I'm a little higher on OBJ than you are by the sounds of things. There's, there was uh, some plays that Baker missed the throw that OBJ got open and just was a terrible throw, and he could have had a massive day. So uh, I think OBJ's doing his part. I just think Baker's got to step it up, and until he does, yeah, you're right. You can't trust OBJ. Um, but, yeah, I'm choosing the Chargers because I think Herbert's just playing that much better than Baker Mayfield right now. But this is going to be a really, really fun game. Um, this next game is, I hope is fun. It's the two and two bears at the three and one Raiders. The Raiders are three and a half point favorites with a 45 and a half point over under. Finally, Matt Nagy, the weirdo, he came to his senses and he made Justin Fields the starter. He'll probably come out next week and say, Nick Foles is starting from here on forward, (laughs) but let's enjoy it while we can. Uh, so it's Fields team to go, uh, hopefully the rest of the way here. Um, you know, the Raiders are coming off a loss. The Bears are coming off a win where Fields looked fairly impressive. He didn't have a huge fantasy day because they were able to run it in uh, once they got to the red zone. Had three rushing touchdowns, but I thought Fields played pretty solid. And uh, the Raiders, like I said, they're coming off that loss. They're a really, really good team, and I don't know if the Bears' D is going to be able to do enough to slow them down, um, which feels weird to say, doesn't it? The Raiders' offense being hard to slow down, but here we are. It's uh, Derek Carr slinging it. Darren Waller is a definite start for me. Derek Carr is a start for me. I'm starting Allen Robinson. I know a lot of people are hesitant and, you know, he only had, what, three catches for 63 yards last week. But I think they're going to make a point. You know, the, we talked on Tuesday about the play calling duties are now getting, uh, you know, changed, out of, taken out of Matt Nagy's hands. And uh, I know that part of the game they were last week. But, you know, Robinson got a little more involved last week as well. And I think that's going to continue. So I'm starting him. Hunter Renfro is another guy that just seems, to, you know, Derek Carr loves this guy, especially in, in third downs and clutch moments. Um, he's shifty. He's like a little Wes Welker point, 2.0 out there. So I'm confident starting him. And uh, as far as my maybes, I'm I'm not ready to say Justin Fields is a start me yet, but so he's a maybe. Henry Ruggs is a maybe. Darnell Mooney had that great connection with Fields last year, last week, so we'll see if that continues. Until then, I'm uh, putting him as a maybe. And uh, the running back Williams, who is going to be filling in for um, Montgomery, who is out of this one, and it sounds like he's out for four or five weeks. So uh, Damian Williams is uh, a definite. Uh, you, know, you could do worse, but he's a maybe for me until I see how how they roll that running back situation out. I'm taking the Raiders at home. Yeah, see, for me, Williams is a is a yes. If he's healthy, he had that thigh bruise, but it sounds like it's just pain management. If he's in, it's going to be a yes for me. He's a good player. 
<clears throat> and their running scheme has been successful with Montgomery the last few weeks. Um, to be honest, man, I hear what you're saying, and I know the upside, but Robinson is a sit until further notice for me. You're not going to be able to trade him. You definitely can't drop him. But uh, if anything, just what I've seen from Fields, this news that he's the ongoing starter, it actually made me take even a farther step back on Allen Robinson because I just... I just got to see it. I just, I don't want to roll out and get three points. Um, I don't want to roll out and get five points. I can find somebody on the waiver wire. I can pick up a Jamison Crowder and probably expect at least double that. And it seems ridiculous to say, but, uh, you know, we're a month into the season and uh, he wasn't showing it with Dalton and he hasn't been showing it with Fields. And uh, it's just, I, I want to see it before I believe it. Um, <clears throat> I've got the Raiders at this one as well at home. Uh, I think that uh, this is a good Raiders squad. We talked in the offseason about their offense getting better and better and better. Um, their defense is making a couple of plays. But I do want to say, man, you're talking about Hunter Renfro. I don't know if you saw the play in that game um, where he prevented a fake punt. So he was the punt returner. He was, you know, 30 yards behind anyone else on his team. And saw the snap and saw that it was going to be a pass to one of the uh, to one of the flyers down the side of the field, and he ran out and as the reception was being made, just made a pop tackle, perfect form, knocked the ball right out of the receiver's uh, grip, and uh, saved his team a big play. Um, just a stud football play. I loved it. That's what he is. He's just like a you know a football player right now i loved it was i saw that play it was incredible i mean if they won that game that's a game ball oh easy 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 man easy game ball we got another one here and the only undefeated team in the nfl left going up against their uh you know their jersey color rival their football rival the 49ers at two and two are going to arizona to take on the four and oh undefeated arizona cardinals Cardinals are five and a half point favorites, and this is going to be a big one. 49 and a half point over under. The Cardinals team is rolling. I don't think there's a player that could make a bigger claim to MVP right now than Kyler Murray. Um, just looking at what he's doing, it's it's obscene. We saw a bit of it last year before the injury, and he picked up right where he left off. Um, they are the top team overall in yardage, top team overall in points for. They're top six in rushing offense, top three in passing offense. Um, they just haven't, teams just haven't been able to roll with them. Um, the defenses in this one are middle of the pack, which is actually kind of exactly what you want for a big boom fantasy game. Um, this could be a big one for whoever's in at running back with the 49ers. I don't know if you saw in the notes here, but Elijah Mitchell, he was limited today. He's potentially going to be ready to play this weekend. Um, so anybody who uh, went and spent big on Elijah Mitchell after Raheem Mostert went out, hopefully you held on to him on your IR spot because he could be back right away. And I think if he's back, I think he takes that role right away from Sermon. Um, Sermon's been okay, but he hasn't shown enough to take that job away. Um, keep an eye on George Kittle, though. We talked about, um, you know, he was a little banged up. He was a DNP today, so... Uh, you know, take a look at him. But uh, the yeses for me, we're rolling out with a few guys from Arizona. Kyler, absolutely. Hopkins, absolutely. I think A.J. Green is a yes. I've been talking about him, uh, I think, since week one, just the snap share and the target share. 
but he's a, he's performing. He's he's getting end zone looks. He's making plays with the ball, and he's getting targets every week. I think he's a yes for me on this offense. And then uh, the other guys that I would roll with for sure, Chase Edmonds for sure, Debo, uh, Samuel in San Francisco. And if Kittle's healthy, um, you know you know what you draft him to be. If Kittle's healthy, you got to put him in there. Um, where do you stand on the maybes? It, say Elijah Mitchell is healthy. Would you start him over Sermon? Would you start both of them? What would you do? Uh, I, I think they're going to have both have roles. I don't know if they're going to be – both or either are going to be enough to you know satisfy fantasy owners i'm worried that uh it sounds like it feels like sermon's kind of the plotter and mitchell may you know the change of pace receiving option but runner as well i don't you know san francisco it's kind of the shanahantics we don't really know how it's going to play out i like sermon a lot as a runner and i think um you know he's he has his role but it doesn't seem to be like a bell cow role for him so i think they're both going to get touches if they're if mitchell is playing and it probably makes them both kind of flex that best, mm-hmm. and um, especially with the quarterback situation, right? Too, it's a, it's Lance starting. Who knows what happens there? It's a really, a, it's a big unknown. Well, and that's an interesting thing too because it seemed like it was a serious injury for Jimmy, but uh, all of a sudden Shanahan came out yesterday and said, "No, it's it's actually just a you know a muscle contusion, and we're keeping an eye." But they haven't actually ruled Garoppolo out for Week Five yet. I don't expect him to play. But, uh, you know, the way that Jimmy G was talking about it, he thought it was going to be a multi-week injury. And we said, okay, well, Lance has got a chance. And maybe if he steps up, then this role becomes his. But uh, if it's only one week and, uh, you know, going against a tough Cardinals D and a tough Cardinals pass rush and all of a sudden Garoppolo is healthy, it may be be a quicker audition than we thought. But, uh, yeah, Lance for me, I'm not ready to put him in my lineup. Brandon Ayuk, I added him on waivers last week in a couple leagues just as speculation, and he's either sitting on my bench in those leagues or in one I actually dropped him to pick someone else up. I just, he's not, he doesn't look what he looked last year, and he's not getting the ball thrown to him. So I don't know if he's still got some issues work out with the team or what, but uh, yeah, he's a no-go for me. And if you need a flyer, Christian Kirk would probably be the next best guy. And then uh, really deep, you know, he was so good the first two weeks, just like K.J. Osborne, but Rondell Moore, um, you know, he's got that big playmaking ability. We just haven't seen the snap count. It went up in week two and then went down, down in week three and four. So uh, I wouldn't trust him. But if you're desperate, you know, he's a piece of a good offense and that never hurts. I think the cards are rolling, buddy. Five and O Cardinals. That's what I got. I'm going the other way. I'm taking the 49ers. Uh, I don't think they lose three in a row. I think they're too good, and they're going to come up fired up with this uh, team they know well, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm going San Francisco on the road. Uh, our next game is another in-division matchup between the 1-3 and three Giants and the 3-1 and one Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys are 6.5-point favorites at home with a 52.5-point over-under. Uh, giddy up here we go this is you know the Cowboys look to be heavy favorites at home so they're probably gonna lose this game six to three it's just uh, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here you know, with this division anytime it's like you know what's going on it gets ugly uh, Saquon looked like Saquon last week which was very very exciting for Giants fans for fantasy fans for you know football fans uh, can the offense feed off that and kind of build around his success and, and, you know, put it all together for four quarters and beat this potent Cowboys offense and, and defense that's playing better 
you know, they're getting turnovers. Uh, Quadrell Diggs or Quadre Diggs, I can't remember his first name. Uh, he's Stephon Diggs' brother. He's leading the league in interceptions. I think he's got five and four games. He seems to have a, you know, a nose for the ball. So they're getting turnovers, and they're putting points on the board at a pretty high pace. I think uh, they should have their way in this one. I'm definitely starting Dak. I'm definitely starting Cooper. I'm definitely starting CD. Dalton Schultz is currently the tight end four right now, so I'm starting him for sure. It seems like Dak trusts him. I'm starting Zeke for sure. I'm definitely starting Saquon Barkley, and I'm starting Danny Dimes or Daniel Jones as well because uh, the running factor we've talked about the last couple weeks, he can put up eight to ten points just with his feet. So I'm starting him as well. Uh, maybes are the Tony Pollard. Kadarius Tony showed uh, well last week. Will it continue? Uh, Kenny Galladay, I just I just have a personal vendetta against him, so I'm not going to put yes beside his name. And Evan Ingram is kind of very similar where he's hard to trust ever, but uh, you could do a lot worse. I am going to take the Cowboys, but I'm not confident in it. I'm taking the Cowboys, and I feel pretty confident in it. I hear what you're saying, though, that it could end up a 6-3, uh, you know, slugfest. Um, one name on that list, and it's it's not a, not a high level of concern, but maybe a slight eyebrow raise, is uh, CeeDee Lamb. The last couple of weeks, it has just not been going his way, and uh, just keep an eye on what's happening. You know, he looks fine, but just the targets, the the looks in the, in the high-probability situations... Uh, it just hasn't been the blow up like we saw in in uh, week one and like we saw from him last year, but I got the Cowboys. Well, buddy, you said your favorite game earlier already, but mine is Sunday night football. We got the three and one oh, Buffalo yeah, Bills, three and one to the Steelers, taking on oh the losers of their division, the pathetic bottom of the barrel, two and two Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites in this one and a 56 and a half point over under. I love that this matchup's happening and I love that it's happening on Sunday night because so many fantasy matchups are going to swing one way or the other. People are going to be begging for stars to put up career performances and they're going to be begging for stars to turn in an absolute dud. It is going to be exciting. It's going to be action packed. It's going to be full of fantasy value. The Bills offense, they were Ooh, you worried. Got me fired up, dude. I know, I got <laughs> goosebumps here. Uh, the Bills offense, they we talked about it the first couple weeks. They just didn't look right, and then all of a sudden, uh, I think somebody turned the light switch on, and here we go. They are flying. Put up a massive forty to nothing shutout this past week. <clears throat> um, both teams, when you look at them in terms of average points scored, they're actually tied for second in the league. They are averaging thirty three and a half points um, every game. The Chiefs offense is top 10 everywhere. The Bills are kind of the same, uh, except their passing game is just out of there. But defensively, it's two totally different stories. The Bills are number one in every metric except rushing, where they're you know only a lowly number four in the league. But the Chiefs are 31st in yards allowed, 31st in points allowed, 30th in rush defense, and 27th in pass defense. So basically, we've got the top defensive performer in the league going against probably the worst defensive performer in the league. And uh, Chiefs fans, side note, if you're hoping for a third trip to the Super Bowl, that is concerning. We're a month into the season, and they have not very. looked very good on defense. You are not going to get it done in playoffs. I don't care if you've got Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Jerry Rice. It's not going to happen if you've got the worst defense in football. But, uh, you know, Josh Allen, fire him up, pull that ripcord, get him going on the premium gasoline. Stephon Diggs, I think this is a week where, you know, he's been good but not great, but this is a week where he could be great. 
Uh, Cole Beasley, he's going to get a lot of targets thrown his way. I like him, especially in PPR. Patrick Mahomes, don't even have to say it. Skip to the next name. Tyreek Hill showed up in a big way. He heard you call him Rambo, and he went in and took care of business. Travis Kelsey had a bit of a dud last week, but you know what? That never happens. It's not going to happen twice in a row. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he has gone from a maybe to a yes for me. I like him. Um, on the maybe list, Emmanuel Sanders, he's even, I'm leaning more to a yes for him. There's enough passing work to go around for those three receivers, and he's been a good target for Josh Allen. Uh, speaking of good targets, Dawson Knox, three weeks in a row with a touchdown. He's got Allen's eye. He's, you know, he's a regular boom bust, tight, uh, touchdown dependent tight end, but he's scoring, so go for it. I don't want to believe in the running game, and it's hard to go off of last week because they had a massive blowout, but... Between the two Buffalo running backs, Moss and Singletary, I would probably lean back towards Moss um, just because he's he's putting the ball in the end zone. Um, he's getting he's getting those uh, those short yardage kind of looks, and it seems like whatever problem caused him to be scratched in week one, he's worked out. He's he's getting the work. So uh, if you're if you're in need, if you're a team in need, maybe uh, as bye weeks get going here, probably he's more of an attractive name, but. I'm going to surprise you here, buddy. I think the Bills are going to win this game. I think the Bills are going to 4-1, and one, and the Chiefs are going to have a losing record. I can't even believe I'm saying that. I'm going with Buffalo, too. I think they're on a Whoa. roll. I don't think they've given up a point the last two weeks. And, yeah, I'm all about it. And like you said, the Chiefs' defense is a very big concern. Um, Mahomes can only make up for so many of their deficiencies on that side of the ball, and he's kind of turning the ball over too much to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, I, it's hard to believe, but two and three Chiefs, and we're going four and one Buffalo, only Ooh. losing to the Steelers on a punt block. Uh, yeah, it's they're the real deal, and they're going to have a long playoff run for real. All right, man, it's a full slate start at 9.30 a.m., and we're going right until Monday Night Football. This is the Monday Night Football matchup, the one and three Colts going up against the Ravens, the three and one. Uh, the Ravens are seven and a half point favorites with a 47 and a half point over-under. Um, on the Colts side, Carson Wentz finally got his first win in the AFC. It was a tight game against the backup quarterback in Miami but uh, they got the W so they're feeling better about themselves uh, and not being at 0-4 and on the Ravens I don't know if you saw the story that came out from the Broncos game they hurt people's feelings by running the ball and going for a record instead of kneeling the clock out and uh, I don't think they give a care and I think they're going to make a point this week to run all over the Colts and just show this is who they are stop us if you don't like it so um, yeah, I think this game is going to be potentially a lot of fun, but I think the Ravens are going to take care of business. I'm taking them at home. I'm starting Lamar for sure. Hollywood is looking great, even with uh, you know that drop game a couple weeks ago. He could be like the WR1 if he didn't have those drops. So I'm starting him with confidence. Sounds like Latavius Murray is their RB1 now, so I'm starting him because, I, like I said, I think they're going to run wild. I'm definitely starting Jonathan Taylor. I'm starting Michael Pittman uh, from Indy. And then the maybes, you know, the Wentzes and the – you know, the Pascals and the, you know, the other players, Mark Andrews is kind of a maybe for me right now as well. Um, Sammy Watkins, I don't know how to feel with them. I think the Ravens are going to run a lot in this game. And uh, that's why I think I'm, I'm taking them to win. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got the Ravens to win. So along with Murray, what do you think about like, is Lev Bell worth a, worth a throw in? Not yet. What about if you've got Tyson Williams on your team? He was a healthy scratch last week. Is he uh, is he worth holding on to another week and seeing what happens, or should you be ready to move on and see if you can get somebody else you can plug in? 
Uh, well, he was on. He's on one of my rosters. It was kind of shocking to see what happened with him. I think uh, you hold on to him, much like Bagaskin, where you know we got bye weeks coming up. We'll see how they utilize him. If he's a scratch again this week, it's Dropsville. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they do get him back into the game, I mean, he's really electric in space. They just they don't seem to trust him for whatever reason. So um, if he's not on the field this week, you drop him. If if he does get some some run in, um, you know, he's somebody you can hold on to and maybe put in a flex or a, a fill for a bye week. I like it, buddy. All right, Jeff. Well, that does it for all of the NFL matchups. But, uh, you know, that's not the only reason people tune in on on the Friday show. They want to know who to put in their lineup and who to leave on their bench. And there's nowhere better to get that than our newest segment, the a Sitting Start. Coach, you can't put me in now. We can win this. It's just bad strategy. A Sitting Start. Boy, oh boy, Falcomaniacs, do we have a treat for you because live on location with us is our very own Tyler Walzak. Welcome in, Tyler. Hello, Kyle. Jeff, thanks for having me on again. Uh, I'm glad that you're sitting start live. Get, uh, you know, back back on twice in one week. Yeah. That's good. We're going to have to double your paycheck. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> paycheck. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's jump into it. Sitting start, let's start first. Kareem Hunt, at least 15 PPR points in the last two outings. He scored a touchdown in each contest and has eight catches over the span on 11 targets. Chargers have allowed four running backs to gain at least 95 total yards this season. Kareem Hunt looks like a solid start this week. Another running back, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Ronald Jones Jr. sucks. I just <laughs> dropped him. Uh, he, I couldn't deal with the disappointment anymore. I'm not saying drop Jones by any means. But I am saying start Fournette. He's getting 80% of the usage, and it's probably going to continue that way until Giovanni Barnard comes back. Now, this one is a tight end. A tight end, Dawson Knox, who seems to be the new Ooh. Robert Tunyon, because all, ta- all he does is catch touchdowns. Um, but he also seems to be getting more targets from Josh Allen now. It's a Monday night special. I believe it's Monday night, or is it the Sunday night Sunday game? night, yeah. It's a Sunday night game. Uh, against the Chiefs, who put up a lot of points, but don't really seem to be able to stop anyone. And that spells points for Dawson Knox. I All like right. it, man. If you, yeah. I gotta say, as a Lions fan and a Leafs fan, if you can't put up with more disappointment from Ronald Jones, it must be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Things are times are tough. It was a rocky start with that minus point four points or whatever it was. It's just, <laughs> I mean, watching him take a spot on my bench was heartbreaking. Every, every. Day. <laughs> um, let's get to some of these sits. The first sit of the week is Brendan Ayuk versus the Cardinals. Um, it's telling that Kyle Juszczyk has more targets than Brendan Ayuk. Uh, let me repeat that. Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, <laughs> has more targets than Brendan Ayuk. Uh, I, I still like Ayuk for the season. Uh, just for whatever reason, he doesn't have the attention of his coach or his quarterback yet. I know there is a quarterback change coming up, but uh, right now I would sit Brendan Ayuk. The next sit, let's go with Matt Ryan for the Jets. The Jets, uh, the stinking J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets are uh, playing the once-upon-a-time once high-octane Falcons offense. Um, the problem here is that the Jets actually have a really good pass defense. Um, Ridley's been slow getting separation this year. Pitts isn't who, Pitts isn't who he's supposed to be yet. Uh, this could actually be a bad week for Matt Ryan. And our third sit, Miles Gaskin. This one was pretty Ooh. easy. Every week I tell you guys to sit a good running back playing against a great Tampa Bay run defense. And this week I'm just telling you to sit a bad running back going against the Bucks. Uh, a great Bucks defense. 
Gaskin's been disappointing this year. Um, at least this week, he won't disappoint you because he should be on your bench. <laughs> All oh, right, uh, and that's a, a sitting start this week. Our three starts, our three sits. Now I got a question for you guys because I have no idea. I've got no idea this week about Kenny Galladay. He was on my sit list last week. Uh, he's got nagging injuries. He performed super well last week and, and told me to shut up, basically. Um, that was with Shepard and Slayton out. They're still questionable, and they're still missing practices. Um, but Kenny Galladay has also been limited in practice, and he's also listed as questionable. Knowing what we know about Kenny Galladay from last year's experiences, I believe, Jeff, you had him, and he's driving you nuts. This, how, how do you trust him this week? Do you start him? Do you sit him? If he, if he plays again without Shepard and Slayton, it could be a great start for you. What do you guys think? Well, let's get the unbiased opinion first from Jeff. What do you think, Jeff? <laughs> Very biased. I hate Kenny Holiday's guts. Uh, no, you're right. I think this game has the potential to be a shootout, and he's going to get touches and targets. I just This guy broke my heart for 16 weeks last year, and I have a tough time. He, like, he's not on any of my rosters for a reason this year, um, but you could do a lot worse at receiver this week. So I think it's uh, it's a pretty safe start as far as that goes, but I still hate his guts. Yeah, I I think he's a reasonable start. It's it's funny because I've actually got him in a couple of leagues, but he is like my fourth or fifth wide receiver. That's how far down he fell on people's draft boards this year where I was able to just be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll take a shot. I've already got three guys in my starting lineup and another on the bench. I'll take a shot on Kenny G. But, uh, yeah, you know what? He looked good, and, and uh, with those two guys gone, because Sterling Shepard had been getting so much of the look, but in their absence, um, you know, it kind of forced Daniel Jones's hand, and it looked like they had a bit of a connection going, which I like. And I like the talent of Galladay uh, over any of the other pass catchers, not named Saquon Barkley on the Giants. So, uh, you know, wide receiver three flex territory. I think you can. I think you can roll him out. Well, he's on my team, so I I still have a lot of thinking to do. It's it's between him, Green, and uh, AJ Green and Christian Kirk, and Ooh. I don't know because it's. It's tough enough oh, to go man. between Kirk and Green. You never know who's going to pop off each week. But uh, to yeah. sit one of them for Kenny Galladay or maybe even Michael Pittman. I don't know. This is a tough decision. I, I wish I could listen to uh, a sitting start. <laughs> you wish someone else <laughs> I could, would yeah. start Galladay out of, out of those names you just said, Tyler. I would start Galladay out of those guys, I think, for sure. Really? See, I, w- I would go A.J. Green. We just talked about this. Uh, I want a piece of that Cardinals offense. Kyler looks like the MVP. Um, and green is, you know, separated himself a little bit from Kirk. Kirk is still right there in the target share. Um, and he's got the, he's got the upside, the big play explosive potential, but, uh, AJ green is just being treated as a wide receiver too, by Kyler Murray. He's, he's got almost equal targets as Deandre Hopkins. He's getting lots of throws in the end zone. He's scored a couple touchdowns here. Uh, you know, he looks good. He, he doesn't look great, but he looks good. So uh, for a safety standpoint, I think green, um, for the upside, probably, probably Kirk, but, uh, Galladay's definitely in play. So hopefully we didn't give you any help. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think you did. Yeah. Part well, of me always, good... I was thinking about thinking about this the other day. Is I wonder what would have happened with Galladay if he stayed with the Lions, considering that no one else is catching the ball. Like there's no there's no one to throw to that's that you're scared of on the Lions. Like if Galladay stayed there, I wonder how how far his numbers would have dropped or or gained. 
Yeah, see, the problem with that question is that there was already nobody to throw to on the Lions, and he had a much better quarterback throwing him the ball, so I don't know. That's a very I don't good know. point. That's a very <laughs> good know. point. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyways, buddy, we appreciate uh, we appreciate your time, and we appreciate the valuable uh, insight, and hopefully some of our listeners uh, got something out of it as well. I hope so as well. Thanks yeah, thanks, for dude. Thanks again, guys. Absolutely. Course, yeah. Anytime. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Take care. All right, so those are some guys that you might have had a question on, but uh, hopefully these guys that we're going to talk about this week, there's no question. I know I've been letting you down, Falcomaniacs. I'm really sorry, but uh, luckily for us, we've got Jeff carrying the load here. These should be your no-question A-team type guys. Get in there, get the job done, get dirty. We're talking about the Rambo of the week. Are you listening? Fantasy fucking football Rambo of the week. Who are you? The worst nightmare. Oh, I apologize, Falcomaniacs. I'm so sorry. I thought it was going to be Tom Brady just lighting up fireworks every throw. <sighs> it was raining. It was boring. Bill Belichick. Tom Brady really let us down. 11 points after three weeks of being the quarterback one in fantasy football. But, uh, you know, lucky for us, Jeff, you made it up, you made up for all of it. You called out Tyreek Hill. You said he's been disappointing two weeks in a row. This is the one. And he went 11 for 186 and three touchdowns, 42 fantasy points. So, you know what? The way I look at it, our Rambles averaged 26 fantasy points last week. And that's pretty darn good. I'm pretty proud of us, Jeff. I think that's uh, that's yeah, a good I, stat line. I'm good with that too. Yeah, yeah, team player, I'll go with that. I like perfect. That. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try not to let you down, Falcomaniacs. But uh, you know, if you're if you're a smart better, you'll take the player that I pick this week, sit them, and then play them next week because that's the way it's kind of gone all year. But uh, this week, I'm looking at a wide receiver, a guy who I expect big things from. It hasn't quite come to fruition yet. I said his name earlier. Stefan Diggs with the Buffalo Bills. They're going to be in that massive shootout. He's been down, but he's still been fine. But if you look at those target numbers, 13 targets, 8 targets, 10 and 10. Last week against Houston, he went 7 for 114. He didn't have a touchdown. If he had scored a touchdown, then we, you know, I wouldn't even be able to use his name. It would have been such a massive blow-up game. But now he's going against Kansas City who uh, they can't stop anything. What's the, what's that old saying? They couldn't put out a fire with a paper bag. And, uh, That's the oldest saying I say. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, Stefan Diggs, <laughs> I think he's going to be on fire. He is my Rambo of the week. I like it. I am going with a quarterback who lost his first game in his new home last week. Uh, the Rams coming off that tough loss against the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're going to look to bounce back, and they're in a great opportunity to do it against the Seahawks defense that can't stop anybody. Uh, they are the fire, and Matt Stafford is the paper bag. No, that's not right. <laughs> Matt Stafford's the fire, and they're the paper bag. Anyways, whatever that works, Matt Stafford's going to go off this week. I think he's going to throw a bunch of touchdowns, and they're going to smash uh, the Seahawks just like they got smashed. So Matt Stafford is my Rambo of the week. Yeah, you go get it. That's it. Uh, and, then, you know, this is becoming my favorite segment of the of the week here, maybe because I came up with it, but maybe because it's fine. Let's check out our Roy Munson's of the week. Let me give you some advice. Stay away from this guy, huh? Give him a wide berth. He's what is called a born loser. The Roy Munson of the week. 
a real Munson. So last week we went with Hollywood Brown against the Broncos, and he had four catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, he actually was pretty good, so that was a miss. And, uh, it, uh, yeah, 50-yard well, touchdown was a big play, but he still he did work. Yeah, he was he was pretty bottled up, man. He had that, you know, ran down the whole field, 50-yard touchdown, dove and caught it in his fingertips. That was a fantastic catch, and that's what Hollywood can do. But uh, overall, I actually thought the Broncos did what I kind of expected them to do. Um, you know, without that one play, three for 40, uh, you're not very happy with that. So I, I wasn't disappointed with that call, even though it didn't work out. Uh, so this week, uh, or sorry, last week I also had um, Brandon Cooks against the Bills, who I was happy with. He only had five catches, 47 yards for eight points. So that's kind of what we're expecting, you know, WR1 that doesn't perform like one. This week we've got some interesting names. Both of us are going with running backs. Uh, Kyle, why don't you give us yours first? Well, I'll give you mine first, but I'm going to tell you a little uh, little teaser. The name that you put down here, Jeff, I very strongly considered making my Rambo of the week. So I'm, I'm interested to hear about this. But uh, the name that I've got down as my Munson of the week is Miles Sanders going up against the Carolina Panthers. The carries have been bad. The targets have been low. I know Carolina got lit up last week by Dallas. Zeke had a massive blow-up game. Tony Pollard did some work. Dallas running backs went for over 200 yards. But before that, the Jets running back, running backs, they went 17 for 45 yards. The Saints running backs, hmm. And I know right away you're thinking, oh, the Jets running backs. The Saints running backs. Uh, there's somebody on the Saints that's pretty good. Oh, Alvin Kamara. The Saints running backs had 11 carries for 12 yards against the Carolina defense, and the Texans running backs had 15 carries for 37 yards. So, yes, they got blown up last week, but I don't expect big things, and Miles Sanders just isn't getting the workload. If he's still on your roster, if you didn't manage to trade him away early, you got to sit him down this week. you got to look elsewhere because he's going to be a real Munson. Yeah, I agree with that one. I am going with the guy who actually is coming off a pretty big game i just have a gut feeling that he's not gonna put it together this week and that's zeke against the the giants uh the giants d is better than it's played it's not great but i think they can stop the run enough to make uh dak throw the ball more i feel like it's going to be a big dak game and i just think zeke's going to be held in check enough to not you know perform i'm also saying this because i'm facing him in my big league and, note and i'm trying to put that <laughs> out in the universe so uh yeah zach or zeke this week is my munson of the week Oh man, yeah. Like I said, I I was very very close to uh, making Zeke my my Rambo of the week, and honestly, the thing that gave me pause was that he's been limited. He's had a little knee knee irritation. They've called it at practice, and so I knew deep in my heart that if I made him my Rambo of the week, for sure he'd get downgraded and not play at all. So, um, yeah. Hopefully you reverse jinxed him here and he's going to have a big blow up game because I need him in one of my leagues. Oh boy. Well, you know what time it is, Jeff. This is uh, this is a special time. This is where the show started off because uh, before we were reaching across the airwaves to all those Falcomaniacs around the world, we were talking to uh, 12 other managers in a very special league near and dear to our heart. The league, you are the, uh, the sun, moon, and stars, the commissioner supreme, talking about the L-O-E-G, baby, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. 
So back-to-back matchups of the week for this guy. Another hawk in the wall. He's number four in the league, taking on the number three team, Chiefs Kingdom. And the way that they've got this projected right now uh, is very, very tight. 180 to 181. But uh, there's an adjustment that might need to be made, so we'll get to that. Looking at Hawks' team, he's got that Darnold start against Philly. I talked about the fact I took Hertz out in my Dynasty League to put Darnold in. And he's got that Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs stack. That could actually be huge going up against the Bears' defense. Um, You know, they've been making some big plays and Carr's been slinging it. But uh, Chiefs Kingdom, we've said it for the last couple of years. They've got the double trouble team, Kyler and Lamar. That is scary in a two-quarterback league. But, uh, you know, the reason that this one's projected so close is it's worth noting, Chiefs Kingdom, you've got an IR player at tight end. So, uh, you know, you could just go ahead and uh, fix that. That would be just great. Uh, but yeah, I like this one. I think even with that adjustment, it's going to be a good matchup and, uh, it's going to, you know, change the balance in the league a little bit here. We got a lot of teams sitting at four and oh up at the top. Yeah. Somebody's going to lose this week. I can't wait to find out who it is and who they, how they overreact and make trades next week. <laughs> uh, Kyle, that's it for episode number 67. Don't forget that was the last time your Maple Leafs won the Stanley cup. <laughs> and thank you so much to all our Pokemaniacs for listening to the episode once Remember to share the show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Your start sit questions, injury report, and stories on Sunday are going to be coming out all morning long, so check that out on social media. And email us at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com. You can send us a voice message using the link in the show description. And once again, enjoy your week and set those Falcon lineups. Go Leafs, go! Woo!